Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, it's a Friday. It's the 17th of September. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, startups. I'm here. I'm Nadine, by the way. Nadine Blaney here with Andrew Gagan. Andrew, it's, uh, well, a bit of a fizzled end of the week, I'll but fizzle. how was your day? Come how on. was your day? Come on. It's brutal out there. What's going on? Uh, it's all about iron ore, isn't it? It sure is. You know, we had UBS revising its iron ore price forecast. It uh, revised down its uh, call on Fortescue Metals. That sort of set the tone. Uh, but for good reason. I mean, we are seeing iron ore continuing to come under pressure, closing, uh, you know, at 14-month lows. Well, uh, it's, it's amazing how precipitous it's been because I think it's only, what, four months ago we hit those highs. It's come off mm-hmm. more than half in that time. Um, way faster than you would have thought than any analyst was expecting at this point. And, I mean, clearly we're seeing some of those catalysts come out of China at the moment, just with signs of weakening demand. Um, but nonetheless, it has been uh, quite scary how quickly it's come. And, and I guess you're looking at investors today thinking maybe they're realising it's got to get out at this point. Yeah, well, maybe there's other places to put your money. We might talk about one of those a little bit later in the piece. But I think to your point, UBS admittedly said that the price of iron ore has come off faster than they had been anticipating. And yes, they're talking about demand destruction out of China for many different reasons, which we've talked about many times before. So we won't go there. And you can go on the AusBiz website to get plenty of iron ore analysis. Go to the search function, type in iron ore. You'll get a whole host of interviews show up. But I noted in the UBS note today saying increasing supply. And so that is always the tipping point, isn't it? If you start seeing supply coming on from Brazil and other places... Uh, that will completely, um, completely change the equation. I suppose, though, Andrew, if we want to stay positive on this Friday, one thing we can say is that Treasury forecasts are predicated on a much, 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 much lower iron ore uh, price of 55%. Yeah, they're, they're still winning, aren't they? And, in fact, um, you know, only look at WA. They're still winning, given their GST arrangement. They seem to win regardless of whether the price is up or down. So um, they've got a pretty sweet deal over in the West. Um, look, I guess the other issue that's playing out in China at the moment, obviously this ongoing hit as far as regulation is concerned, but we've got the unfolding drama with Evergrande, mm-hmm. the property developer. I think it's the second largest. But, I mean, property, that sector makes up about a third, one third of the uh, Chinese economy. So something that large, if that goes down, clearly there are going to be massive implications for that. Well, and the question marks too as to whether... Beijing will actually bail them out because, I mean, you know, comparisons with the collapse of Lehman Brothers and, of course, uh, you know, in retrospect, many think that uh, it should have been bailed out. Um, but there are question marks because of the stance, I guess, that uh, and the precedent it would set in China if it were to come to the rescue of, a you know, a few wealthy that are owed some money. I, I think it's a fascinating story. I know you had a good chat with Janu Chen, who is an independent economist in Hong Kong, asking that very question, will Beijing bail it out 
Is it a Lehman Brothers in the making? That's online right now. And in the show notes, you can access a convo with uh, David Grybus from BNP Paribas Asset Management. He's always very bullish on yeah, Chinese equities. Yeah, In fact, I spoke with David today. Yeah, so he said, look, naturally, you're going to have, have question marks, oh, uh, certainly as far as what's going on with Evergrande, but more broadly, I guess, that issue of regulatory uh, changes in China at the moment and how that's likely to impact investments, both of those people, those investors who are directly invested in China, but also clearly Australian companies that have exposure and business in China at the same time. But yeah, you're right. He's still pretty bullish, said you just got to find those opportunities. Mm. Okay. Uranium was a big theme this week. Uh, we saw the Sprott Trust buying up physical uranium to end the week, and it was quite the ride for a lot of these uranium traders and investors that I follow on Twitter. It was a pretty rough day for uranium stocks early on, but we did see some of those names rebound strongly in the afternoon. So that's a watching brief as we head into the weekend. I'm just wondering whether, I mean, this sort of got going before that announcement yesterday from AUKUS mm-hmm. that Australia is going to be um, acquiring a nuclear-powered sub-fleet. Uh, and, of course, this is years in the future, but it seemed to um, seemed to add to that uranium was, I've, I think I wrote it pushed, was, it was it? complementary, wasn't it, as yeah, a thematic Yeah, that's probably a good way week. of putting it. Um, yeah. We've got an interview that you can listen to about AUKUS with Marcus Hellier, who's a senior analyst for Defence at ASPE. You can listen to that. Um, look, the market implications are not great right now, let's be honest. But it has been fascinating over the past couple of days, don't you think, to listen to all of the experts talk about nuclear submarines and what it means in the future. I was listening to um, an ABC radio program this morning, and they were talking about the transparency now in the oceans and just how valuable some of these stealth, quieter, faster submarines will be. But you said it. I mean, when I think, okay, we're talking about this today, we're talking about perhaps parts of them being built in South Australia. We'll see if that ever happens. But we're talking 10, 20 years in the future. And if China gets angry and slaps tariffs, say, on, on more of our agricultural pro- products, that's that's an impact we'll feel today. Yeah, it's a slow-moving ship, dare I say. That's going to take a long time to come into port. Borderline. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to get into port, isn't it? Uh, because it's so far out in the future by the time they're actually built and running. Uh, does beg the question, though, why we went with the French in the first place. Well, in fact, we went with the Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, turned them down, went to the French. Uh, now, of course, we've made enemies <laughs> with them um, and we've turned back to the Americans and it sort of um, yeah, harks back to, uh, to the you know, earlier times, I guess, when you know, we're hitching the ride again with um, or hitching our wagon to the UK and to the US. And does that mean we're turning our back on Asia? You listen to former Prime Minister Paul Keating, he says, yes, what are we doing? He spent a good part of his uh, premiership there trying to build that relationship with China. He says a slap in the face. Well, may I just use a little bit of license to bring us back to where this conversation started, and that is with iron ore falling sharply today, Fortescue down close to 12%, Rio off close to 5 BHP down close to 4 Can you imagine, and I'm not saying, insinuating that this is imminent or will happen, but can you imagine if China got so peeved with us that it stopped taking our iron ore. Anyhow, we digress from markets, Andrew. 
what it's safe to say is that if it weren't for today, it would have been a better performance for the ASX 200 overall. But as it stands to end this Friday, over the week, mm. flat. Well, I actually got to say, on top of the iron ore miners, the goldies got hit too today. Yeah. Uh, because the prospect for gold isn't looking great at the moment, despite what a lot of the analysts are perhaps hoping for that it should. Um, you know, well, with the prospect we, of inflation. One of the surprises but, this week yeah. was that inflation read in the states coming yep. in cooler, I suppose you could say, than expected. And a mm. big focal point next week, of course, will be the FOMC. There is there are some that expect them to um, lift their inflation forecasts, but it will be really instructive to see the dot plots to see what they're thinking about saying about inflation. It's interesting because, you know, we have so many regulars we speak to out of the States who give us, you know, what's going on. And um, nearly all of them I think I've spoken to this week say, look, regardless of looking at the numbers, they're just going into the shops at the moment and seeing those prices go up day by day. And they just they, they can't see how this is relating to the data we're, we're, uh, that, that's being given to us at the moment. So they're concerned. And they, you know, more and more I think are drifting away from that transitory narrative into the, the permanent column. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, it the inflation read was declared a win for Team tra- Transitory, but look under the hood, and there's a lot of stories going on there. Uh, but safe to say that we will be um, really on alert. And also retail sales came in very strong last night in the States. But again, I digress. We'll be looking forward to the FOMC. But after Fortescue Metals, the worst performer today on the market was Iris, down by close to 11%. EQT walking away, uh, not willing to pay what Iris wants for its business, saying it didn't see any red flags once it got uh, access to the books, but just saying that it couldn't make its investment thesis float. No big surprise that some investors got scared away. It was a stock of the day today. On the call, I sat down with Rudy Filipek van Dyke, Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Let's listen to what they had to say. There is one bit of new information that we got today that we can say uh, with confidence, which is that um, IRS looks better from the outside than it does from the inside. <laughs> That's a negative in terms of the like true quality of the business, as well as obviously for the share price. We've seen a bit of a drop today, as people who were hoping for um, you know the, the takeover money have failed from the stock. So I actually think it's this is a generally overrated company, and part of the reason it's overrated is because it is a reliable dividend payer in I think the three and a half percent range. Overall, I actually think it's an overrated company generally. I own Iris. We've, we've spoken about this in, in, in the past. Um, uh, contrary to what uh, Claude said, I, I don't think the company is, uh, is overvalued at all. It's actually undervalued. And this is probably the first time on live television that I am not unhappy that that share price falls. I'm still sticking with management here for the reasons I've, I've just outlined. I'm a happy shareholder. I'll happily cash in those dividends, and I expect them to do well over the next three years. I would, I would consider buying it. And so, it's not going into the portfolio, but that was a solid buy from Rudy. If you'd like to listen to the whole conversation, you can do so via the website or the podcast. Yeah, you struggled to get a buy out of Claude, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't very giving today. He gave me one at the end, Volpara. Valpara Health, which just coincidentally, and it was an honest coincidence, we well, spoke I, with the I CEO. spoke to yeah. them this morning, that's right, because they're actually pivoting into, well, I, well, than pivot, I guess they're expanding their business because they're known for breast cancer screening. They're now doing lung cancer screening yeah. and seeing huge opportunity there, given it is one of the biggest cancer killers uh, globally. 
see, we aim to please here on Ausbiz. Something for everyone, even Claude's buy, which I, <laughs> I wanted to get one from him just to keep all of our viewers satiated by the end of it all. So next week, uh, another big week. Mm-hmm. Dean, of course, uh, dominated by the Fed meeting. Um, do you think expectations have changed there? It appears to be so. Obviously, um, looking for some indication of what they're going to do as far as tapering is concerned. But, you know, there's also um, the issues of what's happening with job creation there and how that's been affected by uh, COVID, in particular the the Delta variant at this point. Yeah, it's still all about jobs for the Fed. Mm. Uh, We will be hearing uh, from not just the US Fed Chair Jay Powell, but he's in a conversation at some sort of an event where he'll also be speaking with the Vice Chair of the Fed, Richard Clarida. So I'm looking forward to that. Also next week, we will have the BOE. BOE is meeting. We've had some pretty strong data coming out of the um, the UK as of late. Here in Australia, it's a little bit quieter. I mean, this was a big week this week. We had the NAB business survey, which was a beat. We had consumer confidence, uh, which surprised, I suppose, to the upside in many ways. Uh, but then we had that jobs report, uh, which mm. obviously was bad. We well, didn't expect anything else, but it was worse than, than consensus. Well, it's just it, it's mixed. It's really messy. I think that was one way that some um, some commentators put it, just given that complicated picture we're seeing as far as lockdowns are concerned because, uh, yeah, it may look good just as far as unemployment is concerned, but, in fact, the participation rate is looking pretty uh, bad at the moment. A lot of people are dropping out. Have they dropped out permanently? bit hard to tell at this point we're all um and then i mean um <laughs> who are you i'll <laughs> yeah. look the same Nadine, my blonde uh, boring we're also going to get some uh the reserve bank uh board minutes as well maybe a little more commentary just of what they're thinking at this point it's interesting this week wasn't it that um uh that phil Lowe actually uh stated that he was a bit miffed with the reaction he's getting at the moment from the bond market in particular uh, look, you know, believe me, rates aren't going to rise until 2024. He was saying, back in your box, you market commentators, you market watchers. But I had a chat with Con Michalakis from Statewide Super on Thursday. It's online if you're interested. And he's saying, no, he's saying, I'm not a bond vigilante, but mm. you can't stop market forces. It will come down to whether or not they believe that rhetoric. And what it will be evidenced in is the data. Uh, So as I said, it's a bit quiet next week, but we do get some payrolls data. So that will inform those minutes that you mentioned. And then we'll be hearing from Michelle Bullock. She's an assistant governor at the RBA. Look, I don't pretend to know what she's going to be speaking about in detail, but obviously we'll be listening in, keeping an ear to the ground on that one. And uh, as far as corporate news, I mean, I'm sure we'll still have some companies paying out. So that's a big theme in conversations where that money will end up. And Monday, we'll be speaking with the CEO of Iris, Andrew Walsh, to get the details on where to from here. What next for the company? Indeed. What next? Uh, looking forward to that. So, Nadine, what are you going to do on the weekend then? Just still dreaming about freedom? Uh, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> but I'm looking out the window here. We're so lucky to have windows in this newsroom just as a... BTS, a little behind the scenes. Newsrooms, in my experience, have often not had windows, but casino-like. But this one, I can see the sun shining. I'm hoping for good weather. I'm actually off on Monday, Andrew. Oh, there you yeah. go. It's your Kids long are on weekend. school holidays. I don't yeah. know what we'll do. Hang out at yeah, home. Yeah, I don't need still. reminding, actually. School holidays, again, <laughs> in lockdown. Uh, it does really push the creativity, doesn't it? Yeah. God. Yeah. And I... <laughs> 
Anyways, my children are young enough that uh, I have to spend a lot of time on the trampoline, and I will leave it there. Nadine, have a good one. You too.